everyone, and welcome to episode 313 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and we have the full crew here this week kicking things off with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. How's it going today, Richard? Hey, Seth. Doing well, doing well. A good, a good weekend of football, Seth. Uh, unfortunate for you, but... Tom Brady's back in the Super Bowl. We oh. still know we're in the main timeline. Yeah. 2021 <laughs> remains the same. Yes. Same old Bills. Uh, Bills lose. Brady in the Super Bowl. This feels like the last 25 years on repeat. But actually, seriously, though, like... I'm pre- I wasn't upset. Though. I, I mean, I was disappointed a little bit, but the Bills really exceeded my expectations this year. So even though they kind of got stomped, uh, <laughs> uh, it's hard to uh, it's hard to be too upset because I was expecting them to be like medium to bad. And they ended up being like above average to pretty good. So I think it was a successful year, even though last night obviously could have went better in a lot of ways. You almost had the the, ster- the storybook ending if the Bills made it to the Super Bowl and then met their nemesis, Tom Brady, and defeated him. Oh, yeah. All of Buffalo would have burnt down, I think. Yeah. I don't think Buffalo would remain afterwards. <laughs> we were actually talking about that last night. And yes, it definitely... like uh, Buffalo fans smashed their tables and stuff for like random preseason games. So if, if they actually won the Super Bowl for Brady, Buffalo would probably not exist like the next day. So, <laughs> uh, But that's neither here nor there. We also have another co-host in Crib. How's it going today? Morning, Seth. <laughs> I've uh, yeah. I mean, I, I I've been out of the football game since the Broncos got were, were bad. So I I have no care <laughs> this year whatsoever. But it's been an entertaining weekend, nonetheless. So uh, yeah. So today, podcast wise, we got a few different topics. We got a couple of short topics, a little bit of a uh, modo news. We also have some promo cards that were announced in the last week, and then of course we wanted to kind of wrap up Cal time. We got the full set. There's a few cards we haven't talked about yet, so we want to talk about those. Maybe some I don't know what we want to play. Full set impression type stuff. So uh, we'll get to that, and then of course answer some fish mail then to the cast. So that is the overview for today. But before we get into that, we got a sponsor today. And today's show is brought to you by Card Conduit. And if you've ever had to deal with selling your magic cards, it's a it's not a whole lot of fun. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort. You got to sort everything. You got to type everything. You got to ship everything. Well, Card Conduit, they're the easiest way to sell your cards. And if you want to avoid all those hassles and avoid all the time it takes to sell your cards, this new service from the folks over at Card Hoarder will sort grade and sell your magic cards for you. And once your shipment is processed, you'll get the proceeds minus their fee. And right now, you can get a 10% discount by going to cardconduit.com slash goldfish so thank you to card conduit for supporting the show today and uh, let's talk some magic let's start with our with our little topics and then we'll devote the middle of the cast to cal time and then get to fish mail so first up uh, let's start with moto we haven't talked about moto in a while and there was some pretty interesting developments i would say with moto uh, in just the last couple of weeks richard what was this big new change that uh, came about all right. This happened, uh, uh, actually, this was announced a couple of weeks ago, but we were busy with previous seasons, so we haven't talked about it. But the Mythic Event token is available on Moto, uh, and it is, I guess, a test run, I want to say, for Arena. We'll, we'll see what happens. But for $25, you basically get a token that allows you to play with all cards on the client uh, in basically the normal options, so in leagues and queues. Uh, an open play commander and things like that. 
And yeah, uh, so it, it lets you enter with any deck. So it's like a loan program. You still have to pay for the entry options. You have to pay for your queues and leagues and whatnot. But basically, Wizards going after the card rental business on Moto, uh, $25 for all you can access cards. What do you guys think? And do you guys think it's it's, it's coming to Arena anytime soon? <laughs> Uh, I I wish like seriously ah, I would benefit more from it coming to arena honestly because arena doesn't have anything like this in a lot of ways what wizards is offering I think it's good that they're offering it uh, but it's really very similar to a loan program I actually when they first announced it I think I tweeted about it I kind of mathed it out and I think it's the equivalent of having a like 415 like somewhere around there a dollar or ticket loan account balance uh, you could borrow up to that many uh, cards for the same amount of money so if you're playing like Legacy or Vintage or like Eurodex in Modern, this is actually cheaper than the loan programs uh, for those two weeks only. That's a big difference. Loan programs go on forever. On the other end, if you're playing Pauper or like Pioneer, even a lot of Modern decks, then you're actually kind of paying more for this than you would for a loan program. So, I mean, I think it's nice that it's an option, but really... I don't know if it's that much different or better than a loan program for most people, especially considering this is only for two weeks when loan programs, you can do this whenever you want to, essentially. Well, it's for I, two weeks I, until they decide to make it a regular thing, right? And before they decide to make Moto a subscription <sighs> service. Do you, do you think they uh, will? Like, do you think this is a sign that they're like going to head towards making Moto a subscription client rather than what it is now? I mean, it depends how much it ate into pack sales while this was going on. I, I don't know, right? Like, but I, I've always said, like, Moto has always allowed bots to exist on Magic Online for like no reason, really, right? The bots take a cut of revenue out of the system. Wizards could always just provide that service and then take the money themselves. And they're kind of doing it now. So I, I don't know, right? They, they're going to determine whether it cuts into pack sales. But Moto is a dying client, so I'm unsure <laughs> how they're going to determine this, uh, especially since there was no uh, standard set during this time, right? Because the, the test is happening right now, basically, uh, before Caldine. So maybe they're cutting it so that when Caldine comes up, people actually crack packs, play limited and whatnot, uh, and then they'll bring it back when there's quote-unquote downtime again. So I, I don't know, but I, I do think... This is Moto only. I don't think they're going to bring it to Arena. Uh, but it is very interesting that they're actually playing around with this idea. And there, there is a lot of convenience to this, right? You don't have to swap cards. You don't have to deal with a third-party thing. You just go into Moto Client and do whatever you want. So for the same price, it would offer a better user experience. Uh, is it worth it to save some money uh, or spend more money to use uh, this over a loan program for convenience? Depends on how often you're swapping decks and whatnot. But... But yeah, they're they're kind of going after the bots for this, and eventually they could actually just like sell singles if they want, right? I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. The I think the other interesting aspect of it is if they do go more towards subscription, then what do they do for prizes? Like my understanding is they can't give away ticks because they're like real money, and then it's gambling. Uh, so they do like treasure chests, but obviously if everyone just has all the cards because of a subscription, then giving people cards in treasure chests isn't really much of a reward. So I'm, I'm honestly curious 
what it would do to like prize support or how that would even work. I think the best idea I've heard is you have the uh, whatever the wizard's loan program or whatever it ends up being called this mythic event token thing you have that give people like the base cards but not the cool versions of cards and then maybe treasure chests could still be like secret layer cards all art promos like all that stuff that wouldn't necessarily be included and then you have like subscription plus you kind of still have an economy but only for like special printings of cards eh. <laughs> seems complicated I, I, I don't know like they can just give you tickets, no? Apparently, like they did, didn't they used to? They removed it due to gambling. They've never given away tickets, and what everyone says it's because of gambling, because then it's like directly no, no, like real money for real money. Phantom. They used to get what are those points? They used you to give you the they points. They give you play points, but play yeah, points yeah. you can't really spend on anything other than event entries. So it's not real money. So you can't like cash them out basically. So if you can't cash it out, then that's fine. They're like untradeable, etc. Yeah. I think that's fine if they just allow you to uh, you can purchase play points and then your events will pay back in play points so you basically go infinite if you're good and then you just build this balance that you can never cash out which yeah. you kind of happens today but it'll just happen more right like I, I don't know like I think that's fine yeah I wonder I mean I guess it would be good for some people but that also be bad for people who I guess the other issue is people that have collections. I wonder if Wizards even cares about those people now. I guess you've already sold your collection for the most part, right, Richard? And Krim, you never really, like, had much of a collection. But I have, like, a pretty reasonably sized collection worth, like, a few thousand dollars, at least on Moto. Like, should I be selling? thinking that it's going to go subscription only and then all my cards are going to be, like, stone worthless? I, If you're asking me personally, I would definitely just do it, right? I mean... But that's because I, I lack faith in MTGO. <laughs> yeah, why do you and, even have a collection still, Seth? We we have yeah. access to the loan program. Uh, right. Partly because I like my versions of things, and I don't like having to search <laughs> for the right version when I borrow cards because it takes too much time. So L- let's let's be honest here. It's on Moto. You can't even see what you're you're trying to customize. Anyways. Do you really need the purple triumph, Seth? Do you uh, really? It, it, <laughs> is it really that important? The, the view. It's for the content, Richard. The viewers care about stuff like that. <laughs> uh, but yes, Seth, I Seth really just do. Has a. Uh, he has like a lot of faith in Moto. I think Moto's uh, doom was set in stone like the minute Arena was announced. So I noped out of Moto. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think it seems I, I, like Moto is dying. On top of Moto dying, like your collection is dying with these Mythic Event tokens. So I think it is a, a good time to cash out. No, and yeah. then you always have the loan programs, right? Either through Wizards or through reason. third parties. Yeah, yeah, I don't see a reason to even have a collection, to be honest with you, because if you can just loan everything, you can get loaned everything, that's perfect. I mean, I'm not too worried about the cashing out part of it. I would have never, that would have never been on my mind because, well, I just, I don't know, I don't factor that into these things. Like, Arena, you can't cash out of, so I guess, I, I've never played a game where I could cash out of a collection. So, yeah, that concept is foreign to me. I think right? that game is called Magic the Gathering. <laughs> you can sell your right, paper right. cards at any moment. Oh, right. I guess I guess I have like my paper stuff, but I think of it like digitally, right? Like my like I can't cash out of my Hearthstone collection. I can't cash out, like cash out of any of that. So the idea to me was like, if you can, I would have done it a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, that's always been like part of how I thought about Moto because I definitely remember like cheese a long time ago like 10 years ago almost now 
wanting to play like Modern Jund, and it was like I don't even remember a thousand dollars at that point to get Modern Jund on Moto. <laughs> so I bought Modern Jund, and it, my justification was, well, like if I ever need this, if I ever need this money for anything, I can just like sell out of it, get back like ninety percent of my value. So yes, it's a thousand dollars, but that was that like sold me on putting money into Moto. The the fact that I could get money out of it. So I always think of it that way. But uh, I, <laughs> I might be feel like that's the biggest lie ever. <laughs> no one ever cashes out, right? Like, oh, I'll just sell X <laughs> if I ever need it, right? But uh, no, that's, it is true sell. that I never actually have cashed out. <laughs> so so you but you might be right that we just trigger ourselves into uh into thinking that way but uh, yeah. maybe maybe i should downsize a little bit maybe i'll just keep my special versions but get rid of some of the extra stuff and just use uh loan programs because it would i mean i assume crush the economy if wizards ever did implement this full time where you could just you know get all the cards for a relatively low price one more question on this because this came up on twitter and whenever something like this happens uh people tend to like the idea but not like the price what do you think, let's say per month, let's say you pay X a month for literally this. You get all the versions of the cards. You still got to pay for events with play points or takes or whatever. Like, what is what is a fair price for that? Because when I ask this on Twitter, a lot of people are like, ah, it should be like 15 bucks a month, 10 bucks a month, $20 a month. It's like, oh, like Wizards right now is charging 25 for, you know, a little less than half a month. Is $50 a month, is that a fair price? Is that a price that you all would pay for the Wizards loan program if you could? Should it be more? Should it be less? If I want, like, okay, so, like, we're assuming that this allows me access to everything, right? That is, like, for Commander and, and Modern and all every, that. Every card, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I would say $50, fine. I mean, that that that's reasonable, right? Like, I, I would spend $50 a month rather than spend, like, a bajillion dollars every three months, right? Yeah, that, that's because you're a whale, like, if okay. I asked you how much money is a reasonable amount to play Magic the Gathering, you might say hundreds for a deck, maybe thousands. But a normal person would be like, I don't know, $25, <laughs> right? So I, but, I think but this is like your right? Netflix plus your Spotify plus whatever. Like, $50 a month is a lot for a game. That's why I, I don't think people will like the answer, right? If you spend like $600 a deck, then $50 a month? is a fair price, right? But I think people that are asking for subscription services are thinking like, you know, a mo not a MOBA, a MMO uh, subscription fee, like $20 a month, $15 a month, $10 a month, that kind of deal, which I don't think will ever happen in the world of Magic. Our our hobby is too expensive for that. So yeah, yeah, I think like, $50 is about right. <laughs> like I, I, can't imagine, I can't imagine them going down to like $15 a month. And like who would ever buy a card again? And and fifty dollars right. compared to the cost of loan programs right now would actually be relatively fair, I think. Like I said, that would be like a four hundred tick loan balance. That would be enough that if you're playing pauper, yeah, you're coming out behind. Or like if you're only playing cheap pioneer decks or budget modern decks, then you'd be fine. But if you actually just want to be able to play everything, you would have to have a you would have to pay more through a loan program if you want to be able to play like Oko decks in Legacy or Uro decks in any format because those cards are just so expensive. So for me, fifty dollars a month doesn't seem like ridiculous. But at the same time, I think. <laughs> 
I don't know. What's ridiculous to me is not the same as what's ridiculous to everyone because this came up with <laughs> Arena too. And we talked about like buying wild cards is one way to like improve the economy. And I thought that was a really sweet idea. And I was like, wow, if I could pay like $10 a mythic, I would be saving so much money. And then when I actually asked people about it, how much they would pay, most of them were like, oh, a dollar a mythic. I'd buy like, <laughs> you know, five for $10, something like that. And I was like, oh man, they're charging us like $25 a mythic now. So, <laughs> so. So what's reasonable to me as a whale is not what's reasonable to the average player. That's for sure. They, sh- they should do it. They should charge a dollar mythic and then $25 for anime to fairy for Krim. Right? <laughs> that's, that's how oh, we roll, right? Do, like, there it is. like you want, you want weeb voice lines for to fairy. Here you go. Yes, $50. yes I do. Yes, I do. Right? Like, I <laughs> they should jump all over this, right? And just have the base game be free or low cost. Like basically every other game nowadays, but I don't know, man. We got to pay $10 a Teferi still. So I, you got four of them for a deck, right? So there's $40 and there'll be dual lands and blah, blah, blah. I mean, right? I, uh, yeah, and I would yeah. still give them money for cool additions of cards. Like I am very, I think cosmetics are like generally silly, but they, they get me. They get me with the cool triomes. They get me with the storybook cards. So even if they made the game cheaper, I'm not convinced they would actually get that much less money out of me if they had like if they kept doing cool additions and some of the stuff you're talking about because even me as someone who's like generally doesn't care about cosmetics i even find myself getting sucked in by like oh they got the apac lands on arena now like oh sure i'll give you 20 bucks for like snap snap 20 bucks sure take it wizards like i need those so i don't know why they don't go more that direction honestly like (laughs) they might make more money in the long run Seth claims he doesn't care about cosmetics, but then he's holding on to like thousands of dollars of moto because he doesn't want to yeah. select different art. Yeah, I don't care yeah. about cosmetics, guys. I just need to use my specific I wasn't going to say anything, but, but Rich is going to put you on blast. So I'll let him do it. We, we can get him with the $50 Bob Ross lands. We know what to do. <laughs> But but I don't want to sell it because I want my certain editions of lands. <laughs> oh. Speaking of uh, of special editions, before we get to Keldheim, and uh, we should probably probably move forward. Uh, we got a couple of special editions, quote unquote, announced this week with some new Judge promos and also a new APAC promo, which is kind of weird. I didn't even really know they still did APAC specific promos. Did uh, either of you see the new Judge uh, promos or the APAC Sethron promo? Seth, there's only one judge promo. <laughs> there's, there's only one. Can you figure out which one that I see when I look uh, at these promos? Uh, I, I would guess it's uh, probably the new Nicole Bolas the Ravager. You know, I don't I don't want to say that there's certain things that give it away, but <laughs> dang, dude, you're right. How did you know? Uh, did you see that artwork? I mean, I'm not a whale, but I do love me some cosmetics, <laughs> so I guess that does make me a whale. Uh, but, oh my gosh, that backside art is beautiful everything about the artwork between that and like the gitrog monster and all that was so cool yeah so, the the new judge promos look really sweet i really like the gitrog monster it's like absolutely disgusting but it actually really fits gitrog monster perfectly and the nicole bolas is really sweet as well and then i think the the sethron is actually really cool too uh, yes if i build I like the token yeah the token sweet if i was gonna build like sethron commander and paper i would definitely seek out this version of sethron to like lead the deck i I don't know how expensive it's gonna be i don't know how limited it'll be since it's only releasing an apac but uh but yeah they i think all the new promos look really sweet how how do you get an apac promo 
That is my question. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I don't know how you get that. Because last year they did Secret Lair for Year of the Rat, right? This is for the Lunar New Year. Uh, it's the Year of the Ox. That's the celebration. So how do you get this card exactly? That is a good question. And I actually do not know the answer. My assumption is that they are just giving them away at like local game stores, but only in the APAC region. That that's my assumption, but I actually do not know exactly how they give them away. Okay. Oh wait. Okay. Okay. In Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, Taiwan, and China only participate in a Lunar New Year celebration event in your store. In Indonesia, Philippines, Malaysia, Korea, Hong Kong, Thailand, buy six packs of Caladime Draft or Set Booster. Buy a pre-release pack, a Commander deck, or a bundle. Oh, so it's kind of like half a weird buy a box promo and half an event promo wait so we don't get it over here we do not i guess not oh come on <laughs> why I, if, do they make if, an APAC promo <laughs> if we were able to get it or like whatever I, I i wouldn't just want the card though i want the packaging if it's anything like what it's supposed to if it's supposed to come in that red envelope i think that's amazing <laughs> such a grandma gives you hey cream <laughs> yeah yeah on, honestly you're, like, you're like whoa Seth Rod, her law, your general. Yeah. You're telling me you wouldn't take that over like a $5 bill? Like, yeah, of course I would take this eight back. <laughs> I wonder, I don't, I don't see them listed for sale anywhere, like on eBay or anything yet. I, I'm assuming they haven't actually been given out enough. I, I'm curious, cause Seth Rod's only like a $2 card. It's not super expensive. I wonder how expensive it'll be to pick up one of these on the secondary market. I, I bet it's going to be a lot more than two bucks, but hopefully not ridiculously high. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder what languages it's available in. We've seen the English and the Chinese version. I guess there's one for each language, so like Korean. Is it available in Japan? Is Japan APAC? It has to be, no? I would assume yeah, so. Uh, yeah, yeah, because it, it's for sale there, right? But, like it, they get but it's, it. not, it's not listed, though. Japan is not listed as a country here. Oh, hmm, weird. Hmm. Oh, actually, uh... Yeah. All right. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, those new, uh, those new promos are going to be coming up. One, <laughs> one last off topic thing. And then I swear we're going to talk about Caldive. Did you see the post slash tweet that was going around about, uh, about the, the storage unit? The storage unit, it was up in Canada. Uh, if you've ever seen like storage wars, if people, don't pay their rent, I think, on their storage unit. After a certain amount of time, they just, like, sell all the stuff in the unit to pay the debt. So there's a storage unit up in Canada, in Vancouver, I believe, that uh, it's got a bunch of just, like, random crap in it, but it also has, like, a few comics and a bunch of just, like, magic stuff. Big binders full of cards. There's a... You can find pictures of it online. Maybe they maybe they'll be popping up on screen uh, if our editor sees them. But <laughs> someone... Someone saw this, uh, this storage unit and and do you have any idea what they paid for it? The, it's ridiculous. Uh, uh, okay, well, let me think here. I I would say probably like twenty thousand. It is it is almost a hundred k. I guess it was ninety three thousand Canadian, which uh, I think is like seventy five k ish in U S dollars. And Wait, that's how much they paid for the locker, or that's they paid for the contents all, all the of the locker. So so yeah. they get the all the magic stuff and all the other random junk that is in the all locker of that for like 75 well. US 75,000 ish US and the scary part is 
if you actually look at it, you can't really see any cards. Like, you can see, a, like, a couple of boxes where you can see more recent cards and, like, fat packs and stuff. But the binders, they're thick, and they look kind of old. But for all we know, it could be Fallen Empire's commons in there. It's not like you can see a Black Lotus, or you can see a bunch of original dual lands. So, I don't know. I, I'm a little worried about whoever uh, spent this money. If they were buying it for the magic stuff, I think odds are they're going to end up pretty disappointed. But that is just an insane I mean, sum. Right, I I would say that's almost overpaying because I see Dominaria fat packs yeah. along. We with, we like, see Dominaria hour. <laughs> yeah, we see really recent cards, so they know what's up. Like even if they had a Black Lotus, they would know what it's worth, right? They they regularly play yeah. Magic, but importantly, Krim, I don't know if you noticed this, but they they have like a box of like Fate Stay Night or Fate. Uh, oh shoot, what's the first one? Not Stay Night, the other one. Oh, my mind fate, is blanking. Uh... <laughs> Well, because chronologically, I'm I am so confused with that anime. Okay, so. okay, okay. The chronologically first one, they have a box of TCG cards from there as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. It so has that, Gilgamesh that, on it. Exactly. It has... That instantly makes this guy super cool because he's a weeb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that probably means us. he spent he spent a lot of money on weeb things, so he probably doesn't have enough money for magic either. So. <laughs> <laughs> Which really makes me think that unless there's like his like figurine collection in here and all that, or like if they have an, a figurine collection on top of like, cause like I mean, these comics aren't going to be worth much, right? There's a Dark Horse comics in there, like stuff like that in this unit. So that's yeah, they got some Funkos the in the picture. Like th- yeah. this, <laughs> this, this guy collected everything. Okay, so I don't know how much money he had left for Magic. <laughs> so hundred. Yeah. This has to be from the YouTube craze of people just opening like the old Pokemon boxes and they're like, hey, this was $200,000 or whatever. People are just going crazy and yeah. uh, buying just old stuff. And I, yeah. I guess the storage company is the benefactor of this, right? They get the money, right? Yeah. So, I mean, so yeah. Good, good luck to whoever bought it. I mean, I can't imagine there's going to be anywhere near 75K worth of magic cards in there, but. Who knows? Who knows? You buy the ticket, you take the ride. Maybe there's a binder with a complete set of alpha or something, and uh, whoever bought it is a is a genius. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, let's uh let's move on and actually wrap up Cal time. We got a few more cards to talk about. Also, maybe some meta stuff about the set in general. So, Richard, why don't you uh, walk us through one more round of Cal time spoilers? All right, the full set is out. It was actually out uh, last Tuesday after we did our, our previous podcast. So we're just going to clean up some cards that we didn't touch and also cards we missed from the first two crazy weeks of previews. So first up, uh, we have a white rare glorious protector, two white white, three four angel cleric flash flying. When it enters a battlefield, you may exile any number of non-angel Creatures you control until Glorious Protector leaves the battlefield, foretell two and a white. Uh, so at first, I thought, okay, so they reprinted Restoration Angel with foretell. All right, that's pretty good. <laughs> then I read it again. <laughs> it was when I read it again that I realized it blinks any number of non-angel creatures. That was when... That was when I sp- like spat water out of my mouth. I was like, hold on, this card is great. So I I, I think this card is amazing. I, I don't know, is it just me? Like, cause I mean, uh, and maybe maybe it's just because the cards I like this set all kind of just look like they're from Avacyn Restored, but <laughs> the, or like but more like juiced up. But like I I like them. I like I like this card. Restoration Angel was solid. This looks amazing. It's not like we don't have things that we can't blink with like Yorion decks and stuff like that. So you know. 
yeah. I, I think this card's probably got so, some pretty good legs. It doesn't blink Sand until off. the protector dies, right? Or so, leaves the battlefield. So, you, so. leaves you, the battlefield. You, yeah, it leaves the battle. So you flash right. it in against a wrath, then you save your entire board. But if you're right. just trying to flash it in for value, you need to somehow get rid of this thing to to yeah. do the Thragtus shenanigans. I mean, I I I think that Restoration Angel is a good comparison, and I think it is similarly powerful. But I actually think it's going to play quite a bit differently because Restoration Angel, uh, in older formats, one of the big reasons is he's play is going infinite with like Kiki Jiki can't really do that right. with Glorious Protector. And then when Restoration was uh, Angel was in Standard, you were like blinking Snapcasters to flashback something else, or blinking a Thragtus to make another uh, another token or or whatever that was kind of how you played restoration angel glorious protector isn't as good at giving you that immediate value but it's also way better at protecting your entire team from a wrath or a sweeper and in formats like standard we got thasas we got yorians there's ways you can get your creatures back out from under it and if you go back to older formats it's pretty easy to like use a flicker wisp ephemerate something like that so i think i think it plays a lot differently than restoration angel plays but i think it is very much of a similar power level and i think this is probably one of the better cards in the set i'm actually it might be getting a little off topic but i actually think white might be the best color from keldheim which is really weird to say uh you know i kind of agree with you on that one actually like <laughs> white white got a lot of the best stuff and like i think this card is just absolutely sweet i mean yeah it's not an exact blink like you know we blink something and then it comes right back at the value but like this card being able to save your board and the things that you can do to blink it are are many, right? I mean, you have Niambi. Uh, Niambi can bounce this back, I believe, and like you know, that saves your creature. That saves like that returns everything to the board. So I I was really high on an, the idea of an Azorius blink deck uh, earlier on, and I feel like more and more pieces just keep getting added to it. And a three or four mana, three four flying flash, like. That's just like a legit creature. Even like yeah. discounting that, flashing that into your opponent's turn, beat him down, flashing in combat, eat an attacker. So even without the ability, like those are very playable stats. Like Restoration Angel is a really good magic card. And uh, even though we can debate who which angel has the better ability, like the stats are the same. So I would be surprised if this card wasn't really good. I also think. It feels kind of auto-included in white commander decks, although sort of ironically not in Angel Tribal, even though it's an angel because it can't blink other angels. But I feel like this is, is this just better than the other options as far as protecting from a wrath? Like it's, it's like a whatever random wrath protection spell, but then you also get to get a bunch of ETB triggers potentially when your creatures come back into play. Yeah. I, I think I think that because of that like example, you'll be able to like play this against a Doom Scar, right? You're gonna see a lot of that. And and yeah, all of a sudden you get everything back. So and then it's more than just a simple blink because it's multiple things coming back with ETBs, right? So I like that. All they have to do is just kill this. And it kind and like the fact that you can foretell this is another card that your opponent has to play around. So just more mind games. Just, right? Like <laughs> just don't put it in your Mastwood Nexus deck. <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah, I mean, that, that is that is not ideal. Do not put this in your changeling deck. I'm debating whether I should use my UB tripping card on this. I'm 50-50 <laughs> really? on this. I, you don't think this card's good? I think it can be okay, but I think a 4-mana 3-4 flash flying is not playable. Like, you have to use a second ability for it to be good. And it's only good if you're, like, you're just playing mono control decks. Like, this is... 
You're gonna get killed by uh, a lovestruck beast. You're gonna get killed by ember cleaves. But isn't with this. okay? It's well, not good outside enough, of right? the ember cleave, outside of ember cleave, because ember cleave makes everything in the combat step moot, right? But if we're talking about just questing beasts, or I mean, not questing, or even even that, even, even uh, questing beasts, right? Yeah, yeah, like lovestruck beasts, any of the beasts. You flash this in. It's a blocker, and let's say you you have a skyclave cleric or something like that. And now this dies, you get all your ETBs back. You know what I mean? You can use your cleric again. If sure. You if you're still alive. Like, yeah, you can do that. But you, you can just Yorion. Like, do you even need to go through all this trouble? Like, if you're trying to do that, you can Yorion, you can Thassa. But you can put this in Yorion, too. <laughs> you could. You could. You could get a little more value. But I just don't think this would be a universal card. Like, maybe in some kind of blink deck, it could work. Maybe if you have a white weenie deck and you need four mana wrath protection, it could work. But... I, I don't think it, it'd be good. I don't think, like, it's not Restoration Angel, and we don't have a Thrag Tusk to abuse it with as easily, and our creatures are too powerful nowadays. Like, you don't want to match this up in any creature uh, face-off. So I actually don't think it'll be that good. I don't know. Uh, that's why I'm 50-50 on the UB tripping. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. I'm, I'm not but 100% see, sure, but I don't think it's that good. <laughs> well, I think this is already better than, uh, uh, like a, let's say, an artifact that's four and white-white. Right, and you could tap it to make a knight. <laughs> See, like okay, so, okay. <laughs> I, I can tell you that this is better than that. I can confirm. <laughs> okay, okay, better than Circle of Loyalty. This is the number one card of all time. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm curious. It seems too fair to me. It seems too like a four mana three four. We get such a better rate on that nowadays. So you really need to blink something of like significant value. To, to make it worth it. Uh, next up, we have Orvar, the all form. Three and a blue. It's a 3-3 legendary creature shapeshifter at Mythic. It's a changeling. When you cast an instant or sorcery spell, if it targets one or more other permanents you control, create a token that's a copy of one of those permanents. When a creature, or sorry, when a spell or ability an opponent controls causes you to discard this card, create a token that's a copy of target permanent. This is probably the sweetest card in the set like yeah, i i'm not sure how good this is going to be for like a winning tournament spiky perspective but boy is that just a super super fun ability where you, you can use cheap one mana defiant strikes to make copies of things i think the card is actually really exciting uh, is it going to be good i don't know but I, this might be it might be my new number one card to build a commander deck around from the set. And there are, like, some really funny kind of, like, janky pseudo combos, like creatures that can return instants or sorceries from your graveyard to your hand. You can keep chaining them together to make a bunch of copies. Uh, you can, like, go infinite with something like that and, like, invigorate or other free spells that target just make infinite number of tokens. So uh, I really like Orvar. It's it, it's in my top, like, three of favorite cards in the set, although I don't think it's a my top 10 or maybe even top 20 as far as best cards for any 60 card format yeah i think this is a cool card i don't know how good it is in any 60 card format either i can see me trying to play this as a meme way to at a commander table to maybe have a shot against a turgrid but like <laughs> <laughs> like yeah like other than that i i don't know i don't think this card is that great in 60 card it does like what, what does it do it doesn't really there's no, there's nothing that we can really do to abuse this in the standard, right? Because I don't think so. Yeah, unless I think the most abusable... I mean, there are cheap spells you can target with, 
so right. so there are ways you can kind of like go off with it quote unquote whether or not that's like good enough that's awkward we also have a lot of legends which is awkward because you don't really want to be copying your legends with stuff i I think if it's going to be good in standard it's probably going to be with that last ability the free value when it's discarded but we don't really have stuff that makes you discard to a huge extent like i guess croxa but that's a little awkward because it's you gotta gotta copy croxa then it's gonna die so it's a little value but not like a ton of value it seems sweet against like liliana and modern they like take up liliana and you discard this and get a liliana (laughs) no 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 no. wait wait oh wait 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 oh you discard it it doesn't have to be in the battlefield so it's basically hmm Ways yeah, kind of like obstinate Bayloff, essentially. Yeah, yeah, obstinate yeah. Bayloff <laughs> synergy. This, yeah, this could. I mean, Kroxa. Hap- that happens in standard, and then you copy yeah. your dirtily thing. I mean, you could copy their Kroxa and make them discard, right? <laughs> I mean, I, that, I guess, that, right? In the worst case know. scenario. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. It's definitely fun, though. I, I, it's I'm like sure you'll find unique. a way to make it work, Seth. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's it's very high on my list of cards to build decks around. So whether or not they're good, I don't know. But we'll definitely be playing it because I'm super hyped for it. All right. Next up, we have Haunting Voyage. Four black, black sorcery. Choose a creature type. Return up to two creature cards from that type from your graveyard to the battlefield. If the spell was foretold, return all creature cards of that type. From your graveyard to the battlefield, foretell five black, black. I don't know what deck's going to want this in standard. Uh, <laughs> like, even if there's a tribal deck, you know, like, I, I, I guess we could, if there's some way where you can, like, throw away all your, your angels or something like that, <laughs> and, and then you then you get to do this all over again. But in, in Commander, I think this card is sweet. This is just... This is just another way for me to like Patriarch's bidding, uh, Rise of the Dark Realms, anything along those lines, but for a certain like tribal deck. So this I like. I'm putting this probably in my like a rogue deck or something for my commander stuff, but standard, definitely not modern. Uh, like all of those formats, yeah, no. <sighs> like, so this is a card that I think I mostly agree with Krim. I think this is probably like staple level for tribal commander decks like if you're playing a tribal deck and it has black it's hard for me to see why you wouldn't play this it's like probably a better patriarch spitting for the most part Uh, so i think it's great in tribal commander decks in standard and in other formats i don't know six mana reanimate two things with a restriction kind of man like the party reanimation spell which can get all the way down to two mana that reanimates two things that hasn't really done anything so that's not exciting and then if you want the mass reanimation we have like the abzan ultimatum we have nethroi and neither of those cards which can reanimate a ton of stuff in one shot without any tribal restriction they haven't really taken off as super competitive cards so my guess is not gonna work in standard but gonna show up in a lot of tribal commander decks all right. Next up, we have uh, King Narfi's Betrayal. One blue and a black. It's a saga at rare. Uh, chapter one, verse one. What is this called? Lore counter Chap- one. Chapter one. <laughs> chapter one. Yeah, Each uh, player mills four cards. Then you may exile a creature or planeswalker card from each graveyard. Uh, chapters two and three until end of turn you may cast cards from among cards exiled with king narfi's betrayal and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast those spells it this this card allows you to straight up like okay maybe this is the the mill player in me and the also the steal your stuff player in me (laughs) but 
like in Commander, I love this, right? Like this is everything I wanted to do in Commander because it's each player exactly where I want to be. And then, and then you can exile a creature or planeswalk from each of those graveyards. Now, I I love this in Commander, no doubt about it. It's going to be fun, but in Standard. I wonder, can this work as a sideboard thing, maybe like for rogues or something? Because, you know, people bring in lots of stuff that are like, you know, uh, the, the, the spider, the, the one that has escape. You can exile that while also exiling something of your own to get to cast it for a later turn. And you get to kind of like draw, I guess, a card each turn, right? Because you get to choose whatever you exile from among those things and then cast them. Yeah, so it, it's like double Gonti on a saga, yeah. sort of, is kind of how I think of it. Yeah, and except it can hit a Planeswalker, right? And, like, I mean, of course, Gonti could hit anything, but, like, it's nice that it can hit a Planeswalker. Yeah, I think, I don't know about Standard. I think it's a, another card that's, like, really fun, and I think it's a card that, even outside of dedicated Steal Your Stuff decks, I would consider playing in Commander decks, just because I think it's a fun card to resolve, and it does potentially draw you multiple cards, especially in a four-player game. In a 1v1 game... There is some amount of whiff potential. I I really don't know. I, I I don't know. I'm very much on the fence as far as whether or not it'll be good enough for standard. But I do think uh, it's a really cool design. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a cool design. Probably, like, my favorite of the new sagas, but that's to no one's surprise. And, so. and these sagas were all really sweet. Like, I think almost every single one of the sagas from this set I really like. I like the tribal sub-themes. I like the multicolor sub-themes. So I feel like the... I mean, sagas are, like, on the short list of best things Wizards has created in the past couple of years. Like, there's been some innovations that have kind of, like, flopped and been negatives. Sagas is not one of those. Like, sagas is one of the best things they've added to Magic uh, in, in several years, I think. All right, last card. We have Cosmos Elixir for generic mana. It's an artifact. It's a rare. At the beginning of your end step, draw a card. If your life total is greater, then your starting life total. Otherwise, you gain two life. <laughs> Best white card in the set. <laughs> it's the best white commander card in the set, and it's not even white. <laughs> uh, is this good? For, like, standard? I'm actually... I, I, I don't know. No. I, I, <laughs> Four mana draw a card if you've been untouched and somehow gained yeah. life in this process? This literally does nothing in, like, a 60-card format. So, so okay. Is so, it good in Commander for mono white decks? I can't tell if Seth is serious or trolling. No, I actually, <laughs> is, I actually, is it think, actually good. I mean, I actually think white in Commander, the main way they can draw cards is by life gain synergies, and white is pretty desperate to draw cards. So, I think it. I mean, maybe best is a little hyperbolic, and I might be a little bit over the top there, but I actually think this is like a legitimately good white commander card because uh because of how it works with the other like dawn of hope and oh what's the other artifact that lets you pay when you gain life you can pay x and draw all of lost wishes yeah i feel like that's a nice little package you get those all together and you have this like weird white life gain art uh artifact card draw package so i actually am like legitimately hyped for this for commander decks like wait doesn't this uh <laughs> uh curve right in uh, like to Alhamrit's archive oh yeah you got Alhamrit's archive <laughs> like in you there go this and then you go this into archive and boom <laughs> I oh this, this card's a trap people just hit you <laughs> until your life totals below and if you're gaining like 50 life or something like why are you playing cosmos elixir I, like just well you just pay two more mana and play a staff of nin or something <laughs> that like doesn't have any restrictions whatsoever on it i i like how it interacts with the other pieces though i think that's part of why i'm excited like if you don't have enough life this gains you life which triggers your dawn of hope triggers your well of lost dreams 
if you do have enough life, you're drawing a card anyway, so whatever, you're already getting the value out of it. So I like how they interact with each other, and honestly, I don't think it's... 100% unplayable in other formats. Initially, I thought there was no chance, but then a, a couple of people have sent me, like, mono-white control lists with the absurd amount of rests we have, and then, like, artifact synergies and, like, Forsaken Monument, and in a deck like that, I could almost see this being good. Like, you just Wrath, 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 and then you play this and either gain life or end up with a Howling Mine that's drawing you an extra card each turn, so... I don't think it's great for, like, standard, but I went from, like, no way, not a chance to, okay, maybe in the right shell, I can kind of see what people are thinking. This is the most win more I've ever heard. So if you're <laughs> dominating your opponent such that you have wrathed, like, all their creatures away several times and somehow untouched at your starting life total, you manage to gain a life, pay four mana, and then draw a card. <laughs> like what? I, I have paid way more than that to draw a card, Richard. Are we are we putting That's Angel of Destiny in this deck? <laughs> yes, Angel of Destiny. Or like, okay, another argument. Could this be good enough to be part of a cardboard package? Like you get life gain if you need it against aggro, uh, because you'll probably be lower than twenty life. So you can tutor out for life gain against aggro or burn. And I don't know. I could picture times when my life total is high but we've kind of like traded off resources and then you snag this and you draw two cards a turn and your opponent's drawing one carn boardable maybe i i could see me carn boarding this i could see me carn boarding this i don't know if it's because it's good or because i just want to try it and see if it does anything <laughs> at all uh, I, I i definitely i'm interested out of like in historic and a carn board and like the mono brown decks and stuff like that could be fun i mean it's only two mana right if you have the forsaken monument out or whatever and monument incidentally gains you a lot of life too so getting up to drawing a card yeah probably isn't that hard if you have forsaken monument going at the same time i guess if you have forsaken monument you're probably just like ooganing or ulamaking and winning but still <laughs> still <laughs> i don't know what you're cutting for this out of the main deck which is why it makes sense it would go in the carn board I, I yeah. like how Seth is pulling out all the stops to justify paying four <laughs> men for this card to like draw draw a single card to just replace itself. To just replace itself. You have to go through all these hoops. <laughs> you pay four mana, it does nothing, by the way. Oh, it gains nothing. two life. It's not even a healing solve. <laughs> it's like worse than healing solve. You might as well play I, I have a ten mana white oh, mythic to sell you, Seth. Oh, you can gain wait, twenty life. <laughs> but Richard, hold on. I didn't it's at the beginning of your end step. Yeah, you can trigger it immediately. I thought this was the beginning of your upkeep. Yeah, you get to wow. snag it right away. So, right away. so before someone hits you, you can gain life and then draw a card. <laughs> well, hold on. So th that went from unplayable to like, all right, that's it's still pretty bad. But like, <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know. I mean, it could it could be good out of the cardboard. I like it there. But it, it got a lot better. It gave me an idea like of, of where I could play it in a sixty card format. Uh, so, which is only one deck. There's got to be a much better life gain artifact out of the cardboard if you're trying to gain life, no? No, I mean, because before I was seeing people bring, like, the fountain or whatever oh. that gains a life on your upkeep and you can crack it to draw a card. Oh, I hate that card, uh, yeah. Forsaken but, Sanctuary or Monument is also your other life gain, so you have that. All you right. get a draw card, and any card is better than Cosmos Elixir. <laughs> <laughs> But you get to draw a card every turn once it gets going. That's so good. Uh, right. I want to see you force this card in Commander Clash every oh, <laughs> every episode. If, if I'm playing, if I'm playing Mono White, I will be playing this card. I, I will be, and you will see the power of the Cosmos Elixir. I promise you. <laughs> I believe Tomer's comment is, and I quote: "Pay four mana, draw a card, lose ten life." 
because the whole board will just smack you afterwards to make sure you never draw a card again. I, my, my only... Well, but but then our play group has, like, negative creatures. So, my, so I guess, you know, if there is a group... My only my only concern with Commander is it's kind of competing with Hedron Archive and Hedron Archive. Oh, boy. So, uh, so yeah, that's that's, that's a, my that's only worry. Can I, can I find room in the Hedron Archive slot to squeeze this in as well? <laughs> Yeah, actually, Hedron Archive does more though. I would, I would actually say that Hedron Archive does more than this. Oh, and Tomer's not here to defend himself. So score, <laughs> score one for Hedron Archive. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, one more, one more standard question, and then we uh, should probably hit up some fish mail because we have not done it for a few weeks. Last standard question for you: We've talked about the cards, we've talked about the set. Here's a question: Do you think Keldheim? has the power to shake up a standard that is full of busted Eldorain cards. Like, how big of an impact? The immediate impact, of course, stuff's going to rotate eventually, but right away, how big of an immediate impact do you think this set is going to have on the actual, like, legitimate top-tier aspects of standard, like competitive standard? So, so let's say this here. I play, literally, you pick the card here, Right. Not even Raven Form will save you from Embercleave because Raven Form is at sorcery speed. So uh, a lot of this gets just like if you're thinking about a creature deck, it gets nullified by Embercleave, right? Like and, yeah. and like any any cheap threat you have will get stomped and then that stomp becomes a giant. So what is there anything that'll happen? Maybe the set randomly? Uh, sure. Maybe you can play Is It Giants because that's the one of the decks I want to play. Uh, but but yeah, like I I don't I don't think I don't see anything here that makes me even like think this is anywhere near Eldrain levels. Uh, like not to say that this is a bad set, but it's just Eldrain is that overpowered. Yeah. I think you get cards to support your Eldrain cards, right? Like yeah, any creature sure. you look at, you're like. Does this hold an Embercleave better than what I have? Does this match up against a Questing Beast or a Lovestruck Beast? Uh, and that's the problem. Like, I don't, I don't see anything that, that goes toe to toe. Like, those will still be like your best in slot creatures. And do we see any new archetypes here that could overpower? Like, you know, maybe you don't need creatures. Maybe you just combo off or something, right? But I don't see anything. So I feel like the metagame will still be Eldrain, but may maybe you get a sprinkling of Kaldheim support cards somewhere, but I don't know. I don't really see anything that sticks out to me. Yeah, I think Yeah. I think that's mostly where I am too. I think there are individual cards that I think are good enough to see play, maybe in pre-existing decks, uh, like Goldspan Dragon is a good card. Battle Mammoth, can you slot that into some sort of just, like, Gruul deck? Yeah, sure, you can play a couple copies, it'll probably be good. As far as, like, the build-arounds, do I think, like, Green-Black Elves is gonna unseat <laughs> Embercleave and be the new best thing in the format? Probably not. There's a ton of decks I wanna try. I wanna try Angels, I wanna try Giants, like, I wanna try all those, but I kind of am looking at this set a little bit like Zendikar with Party, where I feel like this is another set that is kind of setting the stage for the next couple of sets. And by the time we get to the D&D set, then maybe we have, like, the Elf Lords to go along with this. And then after that, we're finally going to have Eldraine rotate, and then all bets are off. And then I think these cards can make a big impact. But for right now, I'm a little skeptical that there's going to be 
fully like Keldheim archetypes that are good enough to unseat the Eldrain cards, but I do think we'll see some of the good cards, Doom Scars, some of the individual like standalone threats that can fit in pre-existing decks. I do think those uh those cards can probably show up right away in standard. I yeah, like I feel like Eldrain for the most part, even at its current state, has a soft ban on everything in the format. <laughs> Yeah, like Eldraid is just like kind of made it so that it's a little awkward, and and I don't even know when it, it's not going to rotate till like October. We got a minute. Man, we're really halfway through, man. <laughs> we, still, we still have another year to go. Oh, oh sweet Christmas! <laughs> the, the number of times that I looked at a car, I was like, "Wow, I really like this card," but it loses to Questing Beast, or but it loses to Bone Crusher, or Embrickley oh, for the, the Great Henge. It was everything really high. trades with a three drop, right? You're like, hmm. <laughs> everything trades to a three drop or dies to stomp, and. That- and if you somehow okay. manage to dodge those hoops, we have a three mana wrath waiting for you. So I'm waiting for the next set to have a new fires of invention, and then that will bring a new deck, right? Like you just like forget all this, right? I'm just gonna cheat mana, dump some like big fatty mythics from the new set, and then we'll just avoid interaction. Uh, we don't oh, need I, to do combat with Embercleave, right? I, we don't need to do all of this. We'll just fires you to death, right? Like I'm waiting for wilderness wreck, one of those type of cards to shake up the meta. That's... I just don't even see a point to like, like, so, like, yeah, like, see, there's the creatures that are nullified by Embercleave and all of that, right? And then there, but then how do you, like, let's say these sweet new spells. Oh, well, now I have this three mana board wipe. As I said before, I still don't think that three mana board wipe is ever going to pull you ahead because you're still so far behind from them going, all right, make a one one. Here's a five five. And if they ever stick the, uh, the great henge on you, they've already outvalued you. It doesn't matter. They've already valued like so much. You can try to win that game, but you are not. Yeah. You know, the hero we need is the fairy time raveler. Legitimately, <laughs> he bounced. No, no. He bounced artifacts. I mean, he literally what, stopped what was... all of Eldraine, right? Like, yeah, you, yeah. You, you, you stopped the Embercleave. You right. bounce their their love strength piece. I guess Questing Beast still gets them, but you know they gotta have some chance, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You give them something, I, but like you see, everybody roasted Teferi, but he's the hero that we needed. But, and, I mean, and once again, yeah, that commish, but, that Commissioner Gordon monologue that he says at the end of the Dark Knight, you know, we'll chase him because he can take. You know, like <laughs> when he's. When Teferi also invalidate most of the same card, like I mean, he like, invalidates like Quakebringer. creature I'm like, Quake- decks for a different reason, right? Yeah, like <laughs> Quakebringer is a card that I think is really sweet, and I want Giants to be good. But when I look at Giants, I've been working on a Giant deck. They just all trade with Lovestruck Beast, even though they cost four or five mana. I'm like, oh, like I guess I'm gonna try it because Giants are sweet. But like, can I beat a Lovestruck Beast? I honestly don't know. I feel like Teferi does the same thing though. It's still like a three mana thing that just like, oh, bounce your Quakebringer, haha. Like, good luck paying five mana for a creature. Like, gotcha. So I don't know if that actually would <laughs> would make things better. Oh, it would. <laughs> for because- non-crim people, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying you'd be like a Knight of Souls betrayal on like a one mana two two so that they can't get a one one, but then you can't attack through the quest uh the love struck beast anyway, so you still it still doesn't solve anything. So yeah, I don't know how you, you just make bigger creatures. You just overpower creep them, right? Welcome to I, my I three mana six six, no downside. You got That's it. why I like Egon. Yeah. Egon god, gets god around of, it. Uh, yeah, God of Death. I mean, they get around it. I think you just got a Tibalt's trickery, the the love struck beast. I mean, look, that, once again, you need to tip ult trickery the entire Eldraine set. Oh, <laughs> uh, we need, what's, what's the Arabian Nights cards? Whatever, like, 
city like something in a bottle or something where it's just like destroy all cards with the oh from the set. Arabian yeah. Nights <laughs> set expansion symbol. That's what we need. Oh man, we do need that for Alderay, and that would be that would be <laughs> that would be hilarious. They never do it, but oh man, that would be so funny. <laughs> It'd be like a super like yeah, you know, whatever slaughter games. Or it can it can it can hit also on the board and in the yes. deck. Exile all Throne of Eldraine cards from everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it'd be fair so that it hits both people. And it'll be a, a plus one on a Teferi. <laughs> oh yeah. And it you'd also be able to uh get the cards that are on an adventure too. So <laughs> nice try. You can't get away from it. Oh alright. So uh let's let's try to hit up at least a few fish mail, even though we're running a little bit long, but we haven't done it in a while. So Richard fish mail us all right if you have questions send them to at mtg goldfish with the hashtag mtg fish mail and we'll get to your question on air uh, a lot of our fans are part of the bills mafia apparently we have a lot of questions about the bills uh stack dab is Seth still a member of bills mafia uh i don't jump through tables or anything but yes uh, i am <laughs> If you don't jump through tables, are you really a fan? <laughs> well, yeah. that, that's the question. Like, I, I don't know. Am I, am I part of Bill's Mafia if I don't get really drunk and jump through tables for a preseason game? I don't know. Does that count or not? I'm not sure. I mean, I would just jump through a table for the fun of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, come, come join the Bill's Mafia, Grim. Then you, <laughs> you'll fit right in. <laughs> like a WWE table or a real table? I feel a real table would hurt. Like, oh, yeah. Like, like, a, like a WWE table. Oh, yeah. table. pretty sturdy. I don't know how you jump through a table. It seems <laughs> pretty hard. They're usually like folding, folding style. Like, like if you imagine what college kids would play beer pong on, like that kind of like folding type table. So, oh, yeah. So, so like backyard wrestling. Yeah. Sort of, sort of like that. I still think it's going to hurt. I'm, I'm just going to not do it. <laughs> That's the initiation, uh, I guess. <laughs> Otis Augustus, I think you guys should try out Gladiator, 100 card singleton format on arena with a large community and a small band list. Oko Nissa, Three Fairy, Field of Dead, Nexus. I was wondering about how to get a meta page on the site. Have you guys heard about Gladiator? I uh, yeah, yeah, I, I've heard about Gladiator. I've heard a lot about Gladiator, actually. Yeah, I know. Uh, I there's some. Any, though. I, I, I'm kind of where Grim is. I have heard about it. I know it has some really huge fans who, uh, there's some people in the stream that bring it up and we talk about it quite a bit and they just love the format, but I also have not tried it. I tend to not play formats. I've realized that I can't just jump into a queue or a league of, and I have to like match make with someone on discord that tends to like put me off of doing it. Uh, but yes, it is, it seems to be a popular and growing fan-made format on Arena, and I am interested in it, and do hope to check it out at some point. See, I, I, I haven't played it, and it's just because I feel like I'm also just bad luck for the format, you know? <laughs> gonna kill it. Like, every, yeah, every, every time I play it, what happens? I play Pioneer a ton, it died. <laughs> I play Tiny Leaders, where is it? <laughs> so, you know... I'm just, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna just chill. I'm gonna chill for a minute. I, I do wonder, Richard, since someone brought it up, I don't know about a metagame page, cause I'm not sure if there's even a tournament scene, but it could be worth considering, uh, making it an option for people when they're s submitting their decks, cause I think they're putting them now under Canadian Highlander and they're all meshing together, so. Maybe we could do that at least. Yeah, yeah, we can make a gladiator section. I'm sure the Canadian Highlander players will appreciate. Like, what are these weird gladiator <laughs> decks, and what is this? Okay, next question. Tax Brendan, 
Since Vigo, the new LOL champ, looks so much like Soren, could you guys envision an MTG MOBA? Who would your main and what roles? Uh, could you see certain planeswalkers in? I see Bolas jungle and Gideon top. Uh, yeah, I was going to say Bolas with jungle for sure. I knew like half those words, so I'll let you guys answer <laughs> this one. <laughs> I didn't so, even so. know there was a new champion. I guess I knew there was a new champion, <laughs> but I haven't followed WoW, uh, not WoW, LOL since... Since TSM crushed my dreams once again, flaming out of worlds, last world. So, uh, this guy looks like Sword. Is he a vampire? <laughs> I don't know. I I don't I don't play League any like I haven't paid attention to it. Uh, but but like, sounds cool. I mean, if if they if they got a vampire, I mean, why not? Right? They've got the spider person already. Uh, so <laughs> they're just adding to their their roster. All right, yeah, here's a question. Who would be Baron Nasher in MTG MOBA? Who was like a big boss that you would have to fight? Uh, Can't be Bolas. Bolas was a jungler. Oko? 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 Oko Oko and Nash. Uro. Uro. Ooh. Ooh. Uro. Like, Mm. like that's all. It's it's also a giant. Or Ugin. Ugin might not be bad. That's true. No, no, no. Ugin would actually look like Nash. Oh. Earl and Kroxa could be red and blue buff. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. That, I guess that makes sense, yeah. That could work. I mean, I feel like Earl would just be... Like <laughs> I feel like Earl could just be both, the red and blue buff. <laughs> uh, next up, Zach, 7,700, uh, through 2019, we had some very powerful cards dominating older formats. Uh, it wasn't anything new. Aldrazi Winter, for example. Since Modern became a format, do you think Wizards has struggled to keep things exciting while not eliminating some while not eliminating some diversity? <laughs> In a weird way, I, I think Wizards made things too exciting, thus making it not exciting. <laughs> I think that's actually. That's actually true in a weird way. I think I would agree with that. I think the problem with Modern has actually been too much upheaval and change. I think if you were to to ask Modern players, I think that would actually be one of the, the most popular answers. It's just the new cards are shaking it up and making too much of an impact on the format. Right, because like the thing here is you want to actually get away from certain form. Like, example, like, oh, I'm done with Standard. I'd, I'd like to go see something else. But now it's just all the way... <laughs> Yeah. To the I I ran into that with Pioneer recently too. I was like, huh, maybe I'll try some Pioneer. And I looked at the meta. I was like, wow, it's it's just like every every deck is just a deck that was recently banned in standard. Like, yeah. do I really want to go yeah. go face Wilderness Wreck and Omnath and Teferi and just like list off everything that was banned in the last two years? Like, eh, maybe I'll hold maybe I'll play some more modern. I'll hold off on that for the time being. Yeah. It, See, it like, used to be I, a I, meme I, playing your standard decks in older formats. Yeah. Like you could probably do it pretty decently within the first couple of weeks of a set release before any bannings happen <laughs> like i think that's the problem with all older formats like vintage legacy uh modern pioneer like we play these formats to play old cards not the new cards so it has been quote unquote too exciting and <laughs> there's been too much upheaval right like imagine legacy a rotating format like who can afford new decks <laughs> like every every like set release right it's just Give give me yeah. back give me back old modern, a time I, I where Tarmogoyf ruled the land. <laughs> yeah, es- Esper Charm was good. <laughs> Esper Charm was good. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, yeah, that's that's kind of just like how it felt for me. Like I went and played a League of Modern. Uh, I was like trying to like film some stuff, and all I all I got paired against was 
Uro piles. <laughs> Four color Uro piles. And I'm like, is anybody else online right now? So I tried again, right? But this time I try again at one in the morning because I'm like, okay, maybe people want to like slow it down a bit, you know, or they want to play something else, you know, at the wee hours of the night. No, it is Earl Piles, <laughs> like a lot. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Uh, I don't think I want to do this. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, that might be more of an Uro issue too. I feel like both Modern and Pioneer, like, Kinda, yeah. and a historic, really, to some extent, too, are just still in that <laughs> very Uro-y place, so. Yep. It's uh, a little at, awkward. At Tarangus, League of Legends has a system where you ban champs before you play. Do you think Arena could adopt something similar? For instance, you ban Nissa when you queue up, and you don't get paired against the Nissa deck. Uh, we'll see, but then that gets difficult, right? Because then, how do you... How, how does the system sort all that out while associating it with the ladder yeah wait does that so so i'm not super familiar with league of legends does that happen on the ladder can you like for that type of play can you i know it happens for tournaments but you can ban three champs the 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 bans happen as part of the game itself so Uh, when the game starts um so for like so you can ban this so you never play against nissa but if everyone bans nissa and you have a nissa deck who do you play against (laughs) Nobody. <laughs> you get punished. <laughs> you can be the number one Nissa player in your own queue. Congratulations. I mean, I mean it, it's like a self-correcting system in League of Legends, right? If they release an overpowered champion, like everyone will just ban it during the ban phase, and then like it self-corrects, right? The game like balances out in that sense. I wonder how Magic can take advantage of that. You don't need wizards sitting there banning things right the players can decide this card is overpowered and keep it out of the game but like how do we do that given that we're not building our decks in real time every single time we we play each other that's the biggest thing because we're not building it in real time yeah that's i don't know how you could move it over i think it's a cool idea but and i think it could be fun for tournaments i guess we kind of we we have seen that pre-ban right like a special tournament like oh well Kind of like a standard shakeup, right? Or a historic shakeup. That's the closest we're going to get to something like that, I think. Yeah. I know, yeah. like, when we did some of the the Super League events on Magic Online, uh, you would have multiple decks on your team, and then the other team would get to, like, ban one or two of them. Some of the seasons they did that. So maybe maybe there would be a way to implement something like that uh, where, I don't know, you, you Hearthstone kind of does it too, right? You submit three decks and then get to ban one or something like that. So maybe there yeah. could be a way to implement... But- aspects of it but i still am not sure how you could implement it on the ladder in a way that would work out well yeah, I don't, there's I don't three know very work, different though. archetypes in hearthstone right whereas like modern would be, like imagine it like the three decks i bring are four color Uro piles <laughs> sultai mid-range yeah <laughs> does it sound any different it does right on paper sure it does but then when you like in name but then you look at the list it's like oh it's the same deck. Yeah, that's so. that's true too. Yeah, you would also have to have some some rule that kept people from playing right. multiple cards in their decks or something like that. Which right. then you're getting really complicated and yeah, because Hearthstone is like separated by the class, right? Mage, Hunter, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, Span green. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I would name forests immediately so but like if you play like dredge you're like i ban rest in peace and uh relic of progenitus like game is over right you're like you can't or you play like an aggro deck and you're like i ban wrath and path or something right and it's i don't know that magic is balanced in in the way that if you do that if this will still work out uh last question 
slice of lime. What game rule change have you found to be most problematic? Do you wish to see reversed? For me, it's the London Mulligan. Wish they would go back to Vancouver. Uh, what about yeah. you guys? I would also snap off London Mulligan. <laughs> I've been a critic of that the whole time, and it's been a couple years, and it still hasn't won me over. I know uh, there are other people who I respect and know a lot about magic and uh, view it the opposite way. So I'm not saying I'm right or anything, but my personal feeling is uh, is London Mulligan. Uh, keep it for limited, but I feel like it's been uh, a net negative for... 60 card formats in general, uh, including standard, too. Uh, for me, I think a game rule change that I thought was a little weird is uh, it's not one that most people are talking about right now, but I, I do miss the whole split cards, you know, not counting as, like, you know, both sides together. Oh, brain in the jar. I miss the brain yeah. in the jar deck. <laughs> yeah. I miss brain in the jar. I miss being able to go goblin dark dwellers targeting boom bust. Uh like so like that that is that's the good stuff for me and i i i like the london mulligan um but you know like that that's that's just me and i've also heard a lot of people who dislike it and i've also heard as many people who do like it so uh that that that's a whew, <laughs> that's a long one however i will say that mine specifically is just that cuz i would love to go back to playing with split cards <laughs> bring back damage on the stack <laughs> ah yeah <laughs> No, but I don't know. Slide. I actually don't have any problems with the rules. I don't think London Mulligan is a problem. I think it's the power level of cards that's the problem. So I'm yeah. fine with that. I mean, the the split rule change, whatever. Legendary rule? Should we allow legendaries on both sides of the table? I think that's weird from a flavor perspective. Uh, so that could be a change I could see going back. Uh, I, I, just, I really like that. Are you really, like? Yeah, I really like the whole. But there's I mean, only was, one Teferi in the multiverse. Like, why can we have multiple Teferis? And then you have a Teferi and I have a Teferi. Like, what's up with that? He's the master the of time. He can come from multiple timelines. Uh, okay, that's fine. What about Nissa though? Nissa is not the. Well, master there should of time. just be zero Nissas. <laughs> <laughs> Problem solved. <then. laughs> we we did it. <laughs> you can take that and write it down, wizards. <laughs> Right. I wonder. I wonder if Wizards is like London Mulligan is always. It always comes up again and again and again. I wonder if they're actually looking into it or they have and they're like it's fine. Because I'm I, curious. People always have discussions. I don't think it'll oh. ever change. I think. And one of the things I've realized is I think that it is a change that helps casual players. Um, I think if you are an FNM player or you're just like playing a few games here and there each week, you probably don't experience a lot of the drawback of like the redundancy i think has been one of the one of my biggest problems with it is how you feel like you are seeing the same cards and same draws every time so i feel like it's a change that is a positive for the less enfranchised part of the community and i feel like uh that is wizard's main priority right now so if a bunch of like spiky tournament players who play 40 hours a week and are going to play 40 hours a week <laughs> anyway regardless of what rules wizards makes are going to complain about it uh, but it's going to improve the experience for the players are trying to get into the game and make sure the new player never gets mana screwed when they play a game on arena. Cause maybe if they get mana screwed, then they switch back to Hearthstone or whatever. I, I think well, that they, they're going to stick with it. Funny thing is like, I, I don't know. I mean, they could just do away with mana entirely though. Right. Cause I mean, almost everything they do now cheats on resources. Uh, that's like not a, like a, a subtle jab or anything, but it's like, it's true, right? Everything just cheats on resources. So why have it? But how would you, wouldn't it be a brand new game? Like how could you, play any cards that exist now if mana was not a thing 
honestly, like it's okay. Just worry about it as we go. Just, just start over. Just start just over. Start, just start. Just hit reset. Magic, Magic two, 2. Magic two. Magic two. <laughs> coming next year magic 2 that's just what it is <laughs> magic 2 <laughs> magic with a ck and, and I mean, you play basically any other card game right like yeah most of them have different mana systems i don't think any game nowadays uh like has mana in your deck either they have a separate deck or you automatically gain mana or things like that uh so it does change the game dramatically i don't think it would be magic anymore if you mess with it right because that theoretically is a resource you need to manage although they've made it very easy to manage in, in recent times uh but yeah i don't know that you can remove mana from magic that's well like i mean yeah, literally like that, the whole point of magic the gathering right but does it matter anymore because you think about it we only need four mana then fires of inventions takes over right and then <laughs> earl puts like 19 lands out anyways so you know like what do we what happened to the one land a turn right so it does that doesn't matter anymore but how do you like yeah, no, I, yeah. I get what you're saying but at the same time like you can never cast guess, players like, of invention if you don't have mana in the game like <laughs> like uh, just no card from the past 27 years would function so no, it would I be mean, a whole sure. new game it would be a whole new game that's why magic 2 <laughs> <laughs> magic like, 2.0 <laughs> I, I i i know that it would be an entirely different game but if that's the way they're gonna go they i think i guess it, it would doesn't really matter like why 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 have a resource system that, that that's just the only thing is that's the big appeal right like your resource management uh and there's so many things nowadays that just kind of skirt around that i like mana honestly well, i've played I, some I hearthstone i've played other games like personally i i like magic i mean i'm also a magic player and have been for a long time so that makes sense but per, i would think i would enjoy magic less if it adopted more of like a I don't know, uh, a 2010 version of resource system. Like, I, I like the system. I know there's feel-bads associated with it, but personally, I I enjoy it, and that's part of the reason why I play Magic, I think, over other games that use different resource systems. What if you, What about, like, you know, the Battle Box? Have you ever done a Battle Box? Uh, and what, how I, you have, like, the Guild Gates on the side and stuff like that. I've never done game. it. I've heard, I know what it is, Okay, because like, there, there was a game called, like, Force of Will, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, 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 yeah, like they had a like a like the separate deck essentially that was on the side. That was your lands, and you would play them once a turn. So it's a lot like Battle Box, right? So what about that? I mean, we would still have lands. Uh, I but, mean, you know, that's how isn't that also like essentially Hearthstone or no? Uh, like you get one land each turn, automatically guaranteed. Like that's kind of Hearthstone, yeah. I think. Yeah, you yeah. can have different lands. So yeah, you but can they, you, draw like the wrong color, or you can draw a dual land or something, right? Right. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's just power creep. I think, like, I wouldn't be complaining about lands if we were talking about like 2015 magic, <laughs> right? But now, since everything is cheating on mana, and like when you cheat on mana, you get so far ahead, it's like super problematic. Like, I think if we played uh, London Mulligan with like 2015 decks, I don't think it'd be a problem either. I think it's just the insane power creep and then it's just causing all these things to, to kind of fall apart yeah i, I agree with that 100 percent. so the answer is old school we'll go back to 93 94 guys <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe not that far back hold on <laughs> I, I wonder what the sweet spot is like i wonder what Cons. era of magic most people would agree is like kind of the best era of magic so far Cons. I, I I legitimately think cons is some of the best magic ever. I like that could have been around. There's some like it was perfect. I would actually 
pick that era too. I think I'm also a little biased because I wasn't playing like seriously for the entire time so, since like original Ravnica or whatever would be like my frame of reference. But out of the time I've been playing, if I could go back to any time, it would be sometime between like original Innistrad in like cons or Theros, like that kind of like three or four year period in there for me, I think was the, the pinnacle of, uh, of magic so far. And like I, yeah, like I mean, there's been good standards, but I, I, I think cons like that's that's pretty easy for me to pick. What, when did fire design happen? Mm, when what did we start banning before? cards every set? <laughs> yeah, what, what, what was the first set that triggered like the constant bannings? So, so I believe they announced fire. Okay, War the Spark. I want to say so. I don't know. The article they posted was June of 2019 how long ago they started working on it. I think Corset 2020, actually, from looking at their article, it sounds like Corset 2020 was the first set it really applied to. Not Eldraine? Oh, no, wait, 2020. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, yeah, just yeah. Field of the Dead. Not yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, I think right before the bannings happened, I remember the, the, the bar on the podcast was Wizards never bans a card. The last time was Jace. Is this Jace level busted? Right? And then the answer was always no. And then we'd always conclude they're not banning anything. I like those times. Now everything is like, should this be banned? Probably. Give me reasons not to <laughs> ban it. Yeah. So, yeah. I, yeah. I Just like the last standard before all the bannings happened, I think, was, was good enough. We had enough modern innovation without having to ban. And then for the older formats, like everything... I guess the same era, right? That's when all the cards started trickling back into older formats as well. So yeah, so yeah. All right, uh, we went long again today, even though today was supposed to be a short cast. So if you have questions in the future, do send them to at MPG Goldfish with the hashtag MPG Fish Mail, and we'll get to your questions on air. And I believe that brings us to the end of episode three hundred and thirty of the MTD Goldfish podcast. So, Richard, Krim, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And we will be back next week to talk about well, the release of Cal Time, whatever else goes down in the world of magic. Until then, have a great week, everyone. And this is the crew signing out. Bye.